This week's episode of Kaiju Weekly is brought to you by Element X, a powerful radioactive material found deep beneath the North Pole by the evil Doctor Who. Wait, who? That's right. I don't understand. Who's the Doctor? Exactly. What's the Doctor's name? No, not what. Who? Why do you keep asking me? I just want to know the Doctor's name. Who? The scientist! Who? This is getting us nowhere. Dr. Nowhere is actually digging in the South Pole. <sighs> Just start the episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Kaiju Weekly, the weekly podcast that introduces you to the wide world of giant monster movies. I am your host, Travis, and with me, as always, back from his trip to Monster Island, Michael. Hey, guys, how's everybody doing out there? <laughs> so, judging by all the tweets I saw while you were on your trip... You had a fun time on Monster Island? <laughs> um, you know, it was a mixed bag. I'm going to say it was a mixed bag of, of fun and informative. I, I, it was OK. So overall, it was a good experience. It really was a fantastic experience. I want to thank Nathan. And of course, I want to thank Jimmy. I can't leave out Jimmy on this for the opportunity to come to Ogasawara and try out their new uh, tourist attraction that they're working on over there that I'm not necessarily allowed to talk about yet and get because they don't have an official name for it yet, but it's going to be a lot of fun for the visitors over there. And, you know, I got the opportunity to come on and, and, and walk through the tour with Jimmy, uh, while I was on monster Island. But the, the part that was really stressful was actually the trip to monster Island. If you, if, if we're going to be honest, uh, so last week, if you guys aren't aware, if you guys didn't listen to pre the last week's episode with with Nathan from the Monster Island Film Vault and and Travis, um, Jimmy picked me up here in the United States and took me to Monster Island. Well, yeah, one of the and I have to say this is a strange stipulation, but before Jimmy would let me even on the plane, I had to put on this ridiculous orange jumpsuit uh, and helmet. Uh, so anyway, the, Jimmy, you got to work on that fabric, man. That thing was itchy. Anyway, so uh, once I get on the plane, um, we're just kind of we're sitting there, and Jimmy has a really eclectic taste in music. Let me just let me just tell you that he's he's a blues guy, which I'm surprised by, which I actually appreciate. Uh, we have a lot in common there, um, but he also likes gangster rap for some reason. I, I don't know why. <laughs> It, it just it seems it just seems weird that just a straight a straight faced fellow like Jimmy would like gangster rap. I, I don't know why. Um. Anyway, we were just kind of sitting there, and and he says, "Hey, you want to try this brand new this brand new drink that we're working on, and it's called uh uh the Kamakita." And I'm like, "Okay, that's that's fine." Um, let me tell you, this thing is delicious. It's this brand new proprietary cola that they're working on for exclusive to the island. And it's only going to be sold on the island. And the only way you can get it is on the island. So it's super, super exclusive. Uh, and the really interesting thing about it is it's actually made like the, the artificial sweetener is actually made from uh, refined uh, Mothra dust or Mothra glitters scales, whatever you want to call them. So what they do is they take uh, Jimmy explained it to me. Uh, I don't know all the details 
of the process. But basically, when Mothra sheds her scales, they collect it all, grind it up, refine it like powder, like white powdered sugar, like manu- like uh, uh, like what we would know as purified sugar here in the states, and they use it as like an artificial sweetener in this mm. cola. Well, he he offered me one, and it was it was really delicious. So I got a second one, and for some reason, I just started feeling really, really drowsy. And so I, so when I wake up, I wake up, like, I don't know how long later, I'm assuming this is hours and hours later. I was passed out. I wake up on the beach of monster Island and I, I'm don't have a clue where I am. And, and this is at this point, I'm calling you guys and I'm Curious as to what exactly happened. I wasn't sure if Jimmy drugged me or what uh, and just left me on the beach. But uh, apparently, because, you know, the Kamakita soda is still patent pending, there is sort of a side effect to it where it does make you extra sleepy. Um, so Jimmy, uh, being, you know, the decent fella he is, he just kind of dropped me off on the closest port on the, on the closest port of the Island that he came to, which just happened to be the West side. And, uh, it, he said, he said, we talked about it later and he's like, yeah, I just, I just wanted to really just let you sleep it off. So I appreciated that, but I feel like he could have picked a better spot to drop me off on because he dropped me off right as uh, Godzilla and Anguirus and some of the other kaiju were producing their own version of West Side Story on the West Side. <laughs> it was weird. It was so weird. And I didn't know what to do. And then all of a sudden, like Jimmy just comes rushing out of the jungle just to grab me. He's like, oh, I thought you'd I thought you would have found your way by now. And so turns out um I was only like 15 minutes or so away from the actual visitor center that I needed to go to. So I wasn't actually as lost as I thought I was. <laughs> wow. That is harrowing. <laughs> it was intense. Let me say it was, it was super intense, but like if you guys ever get the opportunity to go to Ugasawar, I highly recommend it. Like the, aside from that, uh, minor inconvenience, I'll just call it a minor inconvenience at that point, except for that. It was actually a really good trip. I think I tweeted out on my on my last night there. Like I'm just sitting on the beach, um, uh, sipping Russ Tamlin extra dry martinis and just enjoying my time there. And uh, I couldn't have asked for any better experience. I really do appreciate Jimmy. Uh, I know that Jimmy had Jimmy and I have had our issues, uh, but I think we resolved those for the moment. Um, and of course, Nathan's a good friend of the podcast. He's a good friend of you and I, and, and I just really appreciate the opportunity to get to go. That's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. I hope to one day be able to go to monster Island myself. I know you've made two trips now. I need to make my own trip. Well, this last trip was actually on purpose and the last, well, both trips were on purpose, but I ended up getting stuck there big, not on purpose. So right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah. So hopefully I'll be able to go one day because I hopefully. would love to be able yeah. to go. So, um, but I highly are, recommend it. We are glad you are back, and I'm and, glad to be back. And so, do you want to hop into our news segment of the episode? 
let's do the uh, Baragon four one one. Okay, all right, <laughs> fill me in. <laughs> um, well, uh, yeah, actually, uh, the first couple of news stories are actually in the collectors world, and so they're going to be more up your alley. But sure, the first okay. one is. Uh, Bid Toys has announced two new Mario Kaiju crossover figures. The new figures are Mario, uh, that it looks like Ultraman. He's designed to look like Ultraman. Uh-huh. Uh, and Bowser, who is designed to look like Godzilla. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I'd seen these. I'd seen these come across my newsfeed the other day. Yeah, they look super interesting. Yeah, they're really, they're really cool looking. I, I don't know the size of them. I think they're like like uh amiibo size maybe i think um, they're like six inches or so or six or eight inches i'm not sure i'm not 100 percent sure either yeah but um the cost for them is uh 42 dollars, and bowser is supposed to be 50 dollars. um and they're both going to be released in june okay from the, from the bid toys website so okay I just wanted to throw that in there because these guys looked so cool and I kind of want them, but I don't know if I want to pay that much for them though. <laughs> uh, it seems expensive for, for that size of a figure. Of course, I, though, granted I have seen them, but I've not actually looked, I've not looked into exactly how big they are. So based on how, how actually, how big and detailed they are, that would dictate, you know, if I would have any interest in picking them up myself. But I'm not a huge Mario fan. I play Mario. I love like Super Mario. That's how old I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's probably that's pretty much as far as it goes for me. But yeah, I saw these come across my news feed. I, I think it was uh, Kaiju News Outlet that I saw these first mm-hmm. on, and they look super cool. I, I really like them. Yep, yep, they look really cool. Um, so that takes us into more of the. Uh, collector side of the news do you want to take over since you are more in tune with the collecting side of the yeah fandom? i can uh so last week we got some previews uh that came across i think it was a part of a spring kaiju festival over in japan and x plus was uh over there or they showcased some new stuff coming down the line uh, I'm not going to go in full detail because I don't want to bore people to death but uh yeah some some notable entries are going to be their uh favorite sculptors line like two from their favorite sculptors line favorite sculptors line figures if i could talk today <laughs> um basically which is um what they do is they take vinyl kits uh and they repurpose them or they take uh, resin kits or and sometimes vinyl kits and they repurpose them as x plus pre-painted figures so i think the ones they showed off last week were uh famous sculptors line um uh, Rodan from 1956 and a Gamera from 1965 from his original, well, both from their original films that they were, they were seen in and they look super nice. I've already pre-ordered the Gamera myself. Um, I, I got that. I pre-ordered that guy the mm. other day. I'm super excited because hopefully he'll come in time to enjoy him alongside the new Gamera set that's going to be coming out this summer. So yeah, yeah that'll be super cool. Um, uh, let's see here on my list. Uh, they, if you're if you're familiar with the Defo Real line, which is those small, they're those shorter uh, sort of distorted figures. They got big heads, mm-hmm. but little bodies, sort of like a pop figure, but more of like way more detailed. Yeah, they're really detailed. Yeah, they're yeah they're super they cool. They're super cool. Uh, I know a lot of folks love those because they're right in line with like a, an affordable price point. They're usually anywhere between. 
uh, $60 and a hundred dollars. Whereas, which sounds, which to people like certain people that sounds like super expensive, but, um, but as far as X plus and, and some of those things goes, that's actually relatively inexpensive. They're, they're the cheapest mm -hmm. in the, they're the cheapest in the line. Of course, they're the cheapest in the line of toys that X plus puts out. So, uh, they showed off a 1974 mecha Godzilla, which is going to be super cool. Now we don't, we don't know what it looks like painted yet. It's just a clay statue, a clay render of the figure. Mm -hmm. Um, but if I had to guess, it's going to be painted super nicely and it's, Probably, if you're familiar with X Plus and some of those uh, toys, those high-end toys, they usually come with what they call a Rick option, which stands for Rare, Interesting, and Collectible. Uh, I would I would assume that the Rick option for that is going to be Light Up Eyes. That's just that just makes sense to me. Um, let's see what else did they show off? Oh 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 yeah yeah. Uh, this one was one that, su that everyone seems to be super excited for. Um, they're going to be coming out with a 25 centimeter Iris. Uh, from Gamera, yes. yes, from Gamera Three, and it's super, super nice. Now, I, I am not a huge Gamera fan. I'm more uh, Godzilla and Ultraman. Uh, mm -hmm. But this thing is beautiful, and it, oh, it uh, is, yeah, it is, it is super, super nice, and it's going to be relatively expensive. I think the price tag on that bad boy is around two seventy seven USD, yeah. I believe. Um. But if you're if you're in the market for something like that and you want a very unique piece in your collection that's really going to stand out, I would. I mean, I, I can see a lot of folks um, getting into that definitely. Now, of course, the only one that I've pre-ordered so far is this is the sixty-five Gamera, and that may be actually the only one that I pick up from these from this new release from this batch of new releases. Yeah, I'm not, you know, I, I've mentioned that a bunch of times. I'm not in the collector world, but that Iris statue oh, looks, it is it is oh gorgeous. man, it is amazing. I really, really like it. And if I was into collecting and I had the money to drop on that mm -hmm. kind of stuff, I would get it. <laughs> yeah. And you know, this, this stuff, I think the, if I'm not, mis well, no, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking correctly. The, um, like I said, the Gamera is up for pre-order and the Iris is now up for pre-order too. So you can find that, that you can find those from, from sites like hobby search and Shonen Rick, uh, from their U S website. And those are two websites based out of Japan. Uh, also a good friend of mine and a good friend of the community, uh, Jason Welling, I'm going to go ahead and plug him at awesome collector. That's who I usually get all of my products through. Uh, he is based out of Pennsylvania and super, super good guy to work with. And, uh, like I said, he's based out of the U S and he has the, he has all of the latest releases or at least the latest announced releases up on his site for pre-order. And they offer some super cool, uh, payment plans if you can't just outright pay for everything at once. So yeah, he's, it, he's super good to work with. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And it's, yeah. It's awesomecollector.com. Um, yeah, like I said, the, these look, all of them look amazing. I mean, I, I, I always look at the figures and I'm like, man, I'd really love to get into collecting. But then mm -hmm. I'm like, uh, I really just don't have the money, the space. Yeah. I live in such yeah. a tiny apartment. So yeah. it's like, I really can't get into it, but I do appreciate them. Right. Like they are gorgeous. Yeah. It's, and a lot of them are based off of kits and the kits tend to be the tip. I'm sorry. The kits tend to be cheaper <laughs> than the pre-painted figures. I about had a Freudian slip there. Um, <laughs> 
the the kits tend to be cheaper than the actual pre-painted figures that come out from X Plus. So if you're ever able to find like a kit on eBay, I think I found a a few kits online for relatively inexpensive. Now the caveat is, of course, you got to paint them yourself and you got to put them together yourself. But you right. know, there's plenty of tutorials out there for that. So yeah, I mean, Travis, if you ever wanted to. Get a, if you or anybody else listening ever wanted to get into collecting, I, you know, if you want to message me or get in touch with me via our Twitter, via my Twitter or something and just ask me questions, I'm, I'm more than welcome to, to, I'm more than happy to help you out with that because I really do love collecting. I think it's a, I think it's a really fun part of the community and a really fun part of the, uh, the experience as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. And so speaking of collecting, we've got some more news that affects collectors <sighs> around. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't want to talk about this, but I guess since it's technically news and it, since it technically affects us as collectors and kaiju collectors specifically, uh, and it's part of the whole coronavirus uh, the pandemic that's going on mm -hmm. right now. So basically, I'm not going to go into full detail because I don't actually know all the details associate i'm not like i'm not huge into logistics and how all this stuff works but i know the basics enough to talk about it so here's what i know so far basically ems and i don't know what the acronym stands for but they are the international shipping partner for the usps mm -hmm. and they announced early last week i believe that they're express not mail service by the way yeah express mail service there we go yeah uh, that they announced last week that they're going to be halt they're going to be stopping shipments from japan to the united states so what does that mean that means if you you basically cannot get super cheap shipping they're the only i think they're the only ones that provide like super cheap shipping from the united states to or from japan to the united states uh there are other options out there for you for anyone who wants to order things from japan i think I think DHL is still shipping from Japan. There's a couple of others, but DHL is the one that comes to mind first. Uh, you are going to pay a markup for that because DHL seems, seems or tends to be, I'm sorry, uh, more expen the more expensive option. I know people out there that have gone through DHL and it's super quick. Don't get me wrong. You will get your stuff, but you are going to pay right. a premium on that shipping. So. Yeah, yeah, EMS is is how a lot of my stuff has come before, and I'm really kind of I'm disappointed because actually I do have something sitting in Tokyo International Airport right now that oh, has wow. not moved. Yeah, that has not moved since April the 11th. And what they're telling us now is if your order has been processed, if it has been processed to ship, it it will get to you eventually. You're not going to lose your package, but it could be it could be three to four months before it actually gets in your hands. And that's what they're telling us because yeah. there is such a backlog of orders sitting at the airport right now. And they're limit. And of course, they're limiting flights outside of uh, Japan right now. So there's not as many planes coming in and out of the country uh, to bring these packages over. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it sucks. It's a really crappy situation. Uh, I. I'm in I'm in it too because I have literally something sitting in in, in Tokyo International right now or Osaka I don't I'm not sure exactly where it's at but uh it's in Japan right now it's been sitting there for weeks now at this point and I I know I'll get it eventually but it just sucks that you know this is this all has happened but really I had to sit and think about it the other day regardless 
I mean, that's that's trivial compared to what actually is going on in the world. And I'm not going to get on a soapbox or anything right now. I'm just going to say that right. I have to keep things in perspective, that it's just a toy. I'll get my stuff eventually, but there's more important things to worry about right now than whether or not my uh, my figure gets here on time. Right. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, but, uh, you know, it's still a little frustrating, but it is absolutely. Yeah. I mean, uh, and, and that sh the shipping all over and for all companies is slow right now because of the backlog on everything. And oh, yeah. Amazon Prime. If you're oh, a yeah. Prime member, you're not going to get that in that two day timeline. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I ordered a um I ordered a rice cooker for myself. I I'm such okay, listeners. <laughs> here is a window into my life. I had some extra money. I am a huge Godzilla fan. Mm -hmm. There's a million Godzilla collectibles that I could have paid for, and what do I buy? A rice cooker. A rice cooker. <laughs> well, um, but yeah, I have it on the way, and it's it's it got delayed, and so it's backed up. So it's like, yeah, I'm gonna have to wait a while before I get it. Well, but that's just the nature of of the situation we're in right now. It is. It is. And like I said, it's there's bigger things to worry about. If 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 the most you have to worry about right now, Travis, is whether or not you get your rice cooker on time, and you know, same with me, and I get my package on time. I think we're doing pretty good. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, moving on to the next bit of news earlier in the week, uh, Akira Takarada, or last week when this episode comes out, uh, right. Akira Takarada, uh, turned 86 years old, um, for new fans to, or, or people who are new to Kaiju, uh, Akira Takarada was the main star of Gojira and he is has been in a lot of giant monster movies over mm -hmm. the years yeah, um, a lot and not just godzilla not just godzilla movies he was in i think he was in several outside of, mm -hmm. of the godzilla franchise too yeah including the one we're talking about today yep. so um so it, it seemed fitting to put that in there but he um put out a message uh that uh, I'm guessing, you know, was translated by either his, his son or his, you know, somebody, his agent, somebody, uh, into English, but he, uh, he put out a message. And so I just want to read this message out because I thought it was a really heartwarming and kind of like, uh, fun and, and interesting message that Akira Takarada put out, uh, about him turning 86. So, uh, he said, my dear Godzilla fans from all over the world, this is your Godzilla classmate, Akira Takarada. It has been 66 years since Godzilla first appeared on the screen, and for me, it is my 86th birthday, having been born on April 29th, 1934. Godzilla is now a world-known hero, earning support from many fans like you. I have been with Godzilla since he arrived as a tragic character, forcefully awakened by the hydrogen bomb test. He is not everyone's enemy that should be brutally eliminated by an, any chemical weapon, but one that should be respected and admired. I have performed in six Godzilla movies, but every time I hear his roar, it makes my heart wrench as it makes me feel this is its cry of profound sadness. My friends, Thank you very much for your heartwarming birthday comments, and I would like to promise you all that as long as I, I, 
as long as my given life continues, I will live my life to the fullest as an artist. Akira Takarada. That is a beautiful statement. He is such a class act. He is. Absolutely. He's probably one of the classiest. I'm going to say he's probably one of the classiest actors I I know today. And that includes American actors as well. I mean, I'm not, I'm not dogging American actors. I'm, but I'm, you know, he is probably one of the classiest stage. He's one of the classiest characters, one of the classiest actors. I think that, that the world, that the world knows right now. And really, um, I know he is a national treasure over in Japan and I feel like he is a, he is a fan treasure within the Kaiju community. So yeah, happy Mm -hmm. birthday, uh, Takarada-san. I know it's a week late at this point, but, uh, (laughs) yeah, we thank you so much for all that you've done. Yeah. I, I wanted to read that message out because I, I keep referring, uh, on the podcast and, uh, whenever I talk to people who isn't aware of, um, who Takarada is that he, I always refer to him as the Stan Lee of Kaiju films or oh, Godzilla yeah, films. Yeah. And it really is mostly because he is this champion. He's the face of the genre of the franchise. Uh, as far as humans are concerned, because out of everyone who's ever been in a Godzilla film, he is the most enthusiastic about it he will talk to anyone and everyone about godzilla and he just loves the franchise Mm -hmm. and so you know it just it like stan lee how stan lee kind of became the unofficial mascot of comic books in general takarada has just become the mascot for kaiju and tokusatsu in general because he is just so enthusiastic about it at 86 years old and he continues to work and he wants to continue to work so I love it. Uh, I, I love him. <laughs> if I'm allowed to gush just for just a second, Travis, if you'll indulge me, one of the, mm-hmm. one of the best, uh, now I've never met, I'm going to preface this by saying I've never met Takarada san myself. I've not, this, I have, I've actually never been to G fest, believe it or not. Uh, this year would have been my first G fest. If, if of course, you know, if, if it was safe to go. Um, but Every interview that I've ever heard of him, he just sound he speaks with authority and he speaks with absolute love and passion for not just the franchise, but just for the fans themselves. He is he is genuinely appreciative uh, of mm-hmm. all the support that he's gotten over these over these last over these last several decades that he's been active. And one of the best interviews I think I've heard was I think it was between him and Kyle Yount from the Kaiju cast. I think it was mm-hmm. at G Fest. I think it was at G Fest two years ago or a year ago. Yeah. Uh, Nathan, Nathan could tell me because I believe he was in the room at that same time too. But um, yeah, it was just, it, it, it's a wonderful interview. If you, if you, I'm not sure what episode number it is at this point, but if you can find it, go to the Kaiju cast, listen to that interview with Takarada san. And it's just, it's a really wonderful interview. He's a genuinely, a genuinely uh, great man. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he is just, yeah, we can't say enough, uh, about him. Um, I was trying to see on, uh, Kaiju cast where it was. Cause I, I remember listening to the episode, but I, Oh yeah, here it is. Uh, it was the episode on July 29th okay. of 2019. So just, you know, last year. All right, let's uh let's link that in the show notes for folks to listen to if they've not listened to it by now. I feel like 
that if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have listened to the Kaiju cast before, oh, but yeah. just in case you're new to the genre, just in case you're new to the community, let's go ahead and link that so that people can find that and listen to it. Cause it really is a wonderful interview. Yeah. It, it, listening to us and then not even being aware of Kaiju cast would be like someone who's uh, drawing uh, cartoons. And it's like, who's this Disney person? <laughs> who's, who's, uh, who's this Mickey Mouse? Yeah, I've never heard of him before. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah. you, you, you have to know the Kaiju Cast if you're in this community right. because he's just it's the authority on Kaiju podcasts. Mm -hmm. Um, anyway, moving into our next bit of news, um, we have more news coming uh, out about the new series Ultraman Z. Oh, yeah. Or Ultraman Z, if you're from overseas. Um, and uh, so we have this new kaiju from the series called Ginagog. I think is how you say that. That's close. That's how I read Gina it. Ginagog. Uh, Ginagar. Ferocious Space Shark. And I love the design. I really do. Oh, yeah. I love it. I, I'm not the 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 hands are, are fins or whatever you want to call them are kind of weird because they're kind of stubby. Yeah. But everything else, like if if they ever took Guiron from Gamera versus Guiron and brought it into the Heisei Gamera era, mm -hmm. he would look like this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like this looks exactly like what they would have done for Guiron in the Heisei era. But yeah, it looks fantastic. It does. It does. And like, I almost wish that we would have gotten this type of design for let to pull out another Gamera Kaiju, uh, Ziggurat, uh, the, oh, shark yeah. the shark Kaiju from that genre, from that franchise. I mean, mm -hmm. this looks head and tails of, um, better than that. Does it give any reference to what his abilities and powers are? I've not been able to find much online about him. No, I haven't. I haven't seen anything. Um, I, you know, I use uh, Kaiju News Outlet um, okay. as my uh, sources for a lot of this stuff, and they didn't put anything about his powers or what episodes he's going to be in or anything like that. We just know this is what he's going to look like. Okay, and that I mean, this makes me like appreciate. This makes me one of the reasons why I appreciate Ultraman and, and that franchise is because they're always coming up with new and interesting kaiju. They're not just rehashing the same old uh, bipedal or, or quadrupedal uh, kaiju over and over and over. They're actually putting effort into, you know, making something new and different, unique and interesting. And I feel like this guy right here is super interesting. So I'm going to, I'm looking forward to seeing him on screen and seeing what his actual powers and abilities are. Yeah, definitely. I cannot wait to watch this. It's going to be the first Ultraman series that I can watch along, um, you know, whenever we get the release here in right. the States, I'll be able yeah. to watch it as it comes out. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's that's awesome. I, I agree with you. I like the Ultraman uh, Subaraya Productions. They do. They try to reinvent the way kaiju look and not just stick to the same old formula of what they look like. And so I always like that. And this this really does that. Travis, for new fans, I know you're always finding stuff out on the interwebs for people, like as far as new like outlets where people can watch television shows and things. Do you know where this uh, Ultraman Z or Ultraman Z will or could be available for us to watch? Ooh, that's a good question. I actually do not know. 
Um, I, I do not. I actually do not know. Okay. I would think that since Mill Creek has the licensing right uh, for America, that they will probably put it out. Uh, yeah, it'll know. come to DVD. It'll come to. I'm sorry, blue. It'll come to Blu-ray eventually. I know. But I'm just kind of curious as if there's an outlet somewhere that we can watch it, like sort of, maybe not necessarily in real time as the Jap as our as our Japanese friends, but you know, yeah, somewhat in real time, like maybe get it like a month later or something like that. Yeah, because I know for for like um, anime fans, you have Crunchyroll and you have mm -hmm. um, a few other. Uh, apps and and sites that you can subscribe to uh their subscription services and when what you're paying for is the convenience of mm -hmm. having these uh episodes of the these animes sent to or, or you know available to you the same time that it's available in japan right now that's for anime i have no idea what what they're planning on doing with ultraman and where that's going to be put because, um, like I said, I know Mill Creek has the distribution rights. So, you know, what what's that mean for it being released week to week or anything mm -hmm. like that? You know, like I like I I'm, I'm I really don't know, and I would be interested to find out. So, if anybody listening does know or knows where we can find out that kind of information, let us know because well, I'm Absolutely. really interested. Yeah, me too. I I, I would love to know where I could watch this television show in real time. Um, I know we have several, I know several outlets have popped up over the years, like Tubi, Pluto, you know, Tokushatsu recently. Uh, mm -hmm. But those tend to be like every, like reruns and things that have been years past, like right. shows, that have, shows that have since gone and, and ended. Um, right. But I would love to know where we can watch this in real time. It may just be, um, honestly, Travis, it may just be, um, uh, getting a VPN and trying to find a service to watch it over yeah. from, from an overseas provider. It really yeah. may be that it may, it may result in that. Yeah. So that's it for the news. So now we can move into our main topic for Woo! this week. I'm excited. And yeah. I'm excited to talk about this one too. This one's really fun. Um, so to get us onto our main topic, let's, uh, Talk about the trivia question that I asked last week that hinted to this episode. The trivia question was, Haro Nakajima ha was known for playing important Japanese monsters, but in what movie did he play a famous American monster? That's a good question. Yeah, and so we had a few a few responses. We, we didn't have as many responses as we've had in the past, but we've, had, we've got a few. Um, Nathan, of course, gave us, giving us a funny answer uh, from Monster Island Film Vault. He of said, course. the creature from Black Lagoon goes to Tokyo. <laughs> uh, I like that one. Yeah, Nathan, always with the funny answers. Uh, Alex Sperling gave us one that I really enjoyed, which was King Kong Escapes by Social Distancing. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, a good one Thanks, that's alex. a good one alex yeah uh matthew anderson said king kong escapes o'reilly carol from the kaiju groupie facebook group said king kong escapes and then my best friend in the whole wide world kershaw said king kong escapes where nakajima played kong and kershaw also 
also just giving everybody a heads up in case you want to turn off the podcast now be fair warned mm -hmm. uh kershaw also wrote a an adaptation of the donkey kong rap the dk rap from the donkey kong 64 game but adapted it to be mechanicong <laughs> and i am going to wrap that and sing that for you guys live on this podcast oh jesus oh jesus <laughs> oh we'll see how we, we may just have to edit that out in post i, I don't know <laughs> Kanye West, I am not. Um, <laughs> Weird Al Yankovic, you are not. Weird Al Yankovic, I am not. White and nerdy. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're talking about King Kong Escapes from 1967. Uh, it stars Rhodes Reason, best name in the world. Weirdest name. Well, well, okay, name. yeah, best name in the world. There we go. I'm not going to be mean. To, I'm trying not to be mean. That is a that is a heck of a name. Rose Reason. Um, Akira Takarada, we were just talking about. Linda yep. Joe Miller. And uh, Hideo. Whoa, my voice just cracked there. Hello, Hideo Amamoto. Uh, as Doctor Who, <laughs> not the not the British Doctor Who. Um, uh, me or is that me or my? my? May, I think it's my me me. I don't know. I really don't my. know. I think yeah. I'll go with my my Hama, and it was directed by Ishiro Honda, music by uh, Akira Ifukube, mm -hmm. and of course starring uh, Haruo. Nakajima as King Kong mm -hmm. and Yu Sakita as Mechanicong and Gorosaurus. So the plot breakdown for this movie, just quick and simple. King Kong is brought in by an evil scientist to dig for precious gems in a mine when the robot Mechanicong is unable to do the task. This leads to the machine and the real Kong engaging in a tremendous battle that threatens to level Japan. Pretty, uh, pretty straightforward plot. Yeah, pretty typical oh, yeah. of nineteen sixties kaiju film. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, what are your initial thoughts on this movie? I know you've seen this movie a bunch of times, but what what are your thoughts? Opening thoughts on this movie? It's a lot of fun. My my initial thoughts are it is just it's just a lot of fun. Um, I I'm gonna say that it's. It it stays pretty pretty true to the to the standard tropes that you would expect in any other King Kong film, um, but with a very Tokyo or I'm sorry, with a very Toho Tokusatsu flair to it, and it's just it's it's big and over the top and just a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. Um, as far as my opening thoughts is, it, this movie is so much fun. It is so much fun to watch. Um, it's not the the greatest Showa era kaiju film. No, it's not, and it's definitely not the the best uh, Ishiro Honda film. Mm -mm. But it is fun. There are elements in this movie that are not in any other uh, Toho kaiju film, and that makes it very unique. And so I think it's definitely worth watching just for that, if nothing else. 
Um, getting into our likes and dislikes, what are some things that you like about this movie? Uh, well, uh, you know, I like Mechanic Kong. I don't love Mechanic Kong, but I like Mechanic Kong. And and one thing that actually uh, probably that I'll point out about this movie that's that's actually super fun is the fact that it has a true supervillain. This mm-hmm. movie has a true, a tried and true, what we in America would consider a real life supervillain in Doctor Who. Uh, and that's and that makes for a really, really fun dynamic too. Sorry, I was just eating a little bit. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so unprofessional. I've got a mouthful of food while we're recording. It's okay. We can cut this out. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, I I definitely agree with you about uh, Doctor Who, the the villain. And that's something that we talked about when watching this movie is in a lot of Toho films, especially Ishiro uh, Honda films, the villains aren't usually this kind of villain. Like, you never see this in a, a Honda film. They're usually greedy businessmen or it's the monsters themselves that's the uh, that's the villain. Or sometimes, you know, and a lot of times there were aliens that were the villain. But this just megalomaniacal—I can't talk—megalomaniacal villain. This this like go. wanting to take over the world type villain, right? Is so and and so cartoony, but in the best way. Like mm-hmm. I loved every time that Doctor Who uh, was on screen. He was so good, and the actor, which we looked up his um his pedigree, and he was in a lot of films. Yeah, he and, was, and you know, going all the way back to um uh. Kurosawa films, some Kurosawa films he was in, and then going all the way up to GMK, Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidorah. Uh, so he was in a lot of films, and he is just the best part of this movie. And, I, and that's coming from me, and everybody knows how much I love Akira Takarada, mm-hmm. but I still think that uh, this actor, um, uh, what, I, I said his name earlier, now I can't remember. Yeah, Hideo uh, Amamoto. Uh, is is really just the best part of this movie? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. That, well, it's, it's interesting to point out what you said that that it feels very, very nineteen sixties cartoon, because this movie was actually based off of a nineteen sixties cartoon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this um this is a co production with Rankin and Bass, and uh, Rankin and Bass had done the King Kong. Uh, cartoon from the 60s so if anyone's not aware of that cartoon and you watch this movie and you wonder well oh wait i thought king kong came from skull island but on here it's mondo island well that's from the movie i mean the the tv show mm-hmm. and uh and so they transferred that over to the movie mechanic kong and doctor who were villains from that uh, TV show as well, and they carried them over here to the movie. Um, there's a few other references in the movie that's from the TV show too, but that's yeah. just some of the things. So it, it is really interesting that yeah, you you have this uh, very cartoony style that's brought over into live action. Yeah, and one thing we were noticing too when we were watching the film together was 
even though it was derived from a cartoon and it does have those really over the top cartoonish elements to it. Um, it doesn't really, it's not the way it, the, like some of the themes and thing, some of the themes and the plot points that they play with, uh, don't seem super kid friendly really on the surface. I think the only thing that that really makes it feel cartoonish to me is one, the over the top villain, Mark, uh, uh, Dr. Who and McCanny Kong. McCanny Kong just seems so ridiculous that he can only be that he could only have been invented through a cartoon. Oh, yeah. And and I love McCanny Kong. I've talked about it before in an early episode of this podcast, but Mm -hmm. I really do love the design and everything for McCanny Kong because it is. Yeah, it is 1960s cheese. It is. And and it's cheesy in that very sci-fi, 1960s style sci-fi or 1950s and 60s style sci-fi. And I love that. I love how cheesy it is. And it works. It works in this movie, like you said. Yeah, it does. It's just, you know, Mechanic Kong is just, is literally just a fun, silly typical like what you would expect from a 1960s robot he i mean um i really don't know i don't know having i don't have any other way to describe it except for that it's just a fun character and it's very 1960s is really all i can say it's yeah now let's talk about um while we're talking about the kaiju let's talk about the other kaiju that's in this movie let's talk about gorosaurus Ah, yeah, Gorosaurus. Now, okay, so this is one of only two films that we see actual footage of Gorosaurus. I believe he's in stock footage uh, in other movies, but I'm 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 having trouble recalling what those are, or even if they exist at all, if that stock footage is reused at all. But um, I believe it is. Anyway, um, I like Gorosaurus. I wish that we would have seen more of him. Now I get that he was a direct ripoff of the 1933 Tyrannosaurus from the original King Kong. And like I said, this movie is littered with King Kong franchise tropes, you know, tropes of that franchise. It's littered throughout the entire film. And one of those tropes being he fights in 1933, he fights a, a giant Tyrannosaurus. And that is, and Gorosaurus here um, is a direct, uh, I wouldn't say ripoff. Ripoff was probably too strong of a word, but a direct comparison, a direct parallel to that mm-hmm. Tyrannosaurus that uh, King Kong fought in 33, right down to the way that King Kong defeats him with, by prying the jaw open. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like Gorosaurus too. Like I, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. Uh, he has this very, uh, chunky kind of um, very, uh, I don't know how to describe it. He's got lovely lady lumps. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's, he's got his rolls. He's got his jelly rolls. I, I see it. Yeah. He is a thick dinosaur. He is a thick boy. Yeah, for sure. We And he's not as thick as say, Hey, say Godzilla or even some show of Godzilla, but true, he's, a, he's true. a pretty thick boy. Uh, yeah. And and I like him, and, and I like his uh, tactic of just doing the kangaroo kick yeah. to yeah. to King Kong because it's like if you look at him, of course, all his power is going to be in his legs. <laughs> yeah, I thought his suit. Uh, now, of course, this is a this is this this movie came before the last dinosaur. I think the last dinosaur was from nineteen seventy seven, 
uh, mm-hmm. literally 10 years after this one. But I honestly thought when I, I honestly thought it was one in the same suit because the last dinosaur is also a tokusatsu film. It's a co-production between, uh, Subaraya and, um, uh, I forget what the, I forget who the American company is. It probably doesn't matter at this point, but, yeah. uh, they look very, very similar to each other. And in that, and in the last dinosaur, it's actually, it is actually a T-Rex and, uh, Gorosaurus has very T-Rex slash Allosaurus slash, velociraptor i'm gonna even gonna say uh properties or mm. characteristics so yeah he's just a super super unique kaiju now i'm super i'm really disappointed uh, about one thing about gorosaurus that i wish they would have utilized more and at the end of his tail is this bony barb it looks like mm. a, a horn basically uh, well yeah it is it's like a horn similar to what you similar to what's on the on the tip end of Angiris's tail I wish that they would have done something with that. Like they would have given him a, a, an ability where he could have used it to, you know, stick Kong in the side or, or something like that, or, or use it to whip around and like really cut, like really cut Kong. I know this is supposed to be, this is meant to be like sort of a, a kid, kid friendly movie or family, family friendly movie. I'll say, um, but it would have been interesting if they would have done something like that, because I just feel like it was a wasted part of the design. Yeah. 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 That it, they really didn't. I mean, I guess it's the, it's the story of Gorosaurus just in general that they don't utilize him enough. And, and then even in this movie, they don't utilize him enough. You know, it's it's mostly focused on Mechanic Kong and King Kong. Mm -hmm. And as someone who's not a King Kong fan, I would have rather just seen a movie with Mechanic Kong and Gorosaurus. I don't even want to see King Kong in this. It's like I just well. rather I'd yeah. rather not have King Kong in it at all. Yeah, just, it's, it's, I can see that. I can see that, but you know, I don't know if if we could have. I don't know if they could have built a movie around Gorosaurus versus uh, Mechanic Kong. I mean, I just don't know. I don't know how they could have how they could have done that and kept it like really interesting. Uh, but you know, to, you know, to get back to Gorosaurus, he does show up in, in later like version. If he, he does show up in rulers of earth. Um, mm-hmm. so he does get his, he does get his, uh, his appreciation through comic book media, through book, you know, through drawn and, and illustrated media. He does get appreciated that way, but I just wish that, you know, he would have been utilized more aside from this film and destroy all monsters. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, that's, that's a story for a lot of Toho monsters is mm-hmm. they, you know, the, the best representation of them is in comic book form because they just don't get a lot of love and attention yeah. in, uh, in the movies. Um, but yeah. Uh, but do you want to talk about, do you want to talk about the Kaiju that maybe we could have done without that was just sort of, it was literally filler. Yeah. It, that, that really is all it was. It was just filler. Like um, it was the, this- the giant serp- the giant sea serpent yeah. that attacks the human characters that King Kong has to defend uh, them against. And, and I get it. It was a it was a direct reference uh, to the plesiosaur that was in third nineteen thirty three, and it gave a little bit of extra kaiju Kong action toward the beginning of the film. But I just really think it was pointless. Like I really do think it was pointless. You could have. You could have just filmed that scene where the ship is leaving and Kong goes into the water after them and still created the same tension without having that serpent there. Yeah. 
Yeah, totally. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. But um, yeah, it just it, there was nothing to it. Absolutely mm -hmm. nothing to the design, nothing to the to it didn't really contribute anything to the story. And it was just there as kind of like, a oh, we need to extend the runtime. <laughs> and and that's all. Um, yeah. Moving on to the human characters. Mm hmm. Was there staying on the positive side because we'll get into our dislikes? What are some things that you liked about the human characters in this? Doctor Who and Madame Piranha, or Doctor Who and Madame X, as I, I should say. She was called, she was Madame X in the, the American dub, but she is Madame Piranha in the uh, Japanese dub. So, yeah, her character, and of course, Doctor Who, I love myself a good, a good, authentic supervillain. Um, Susan, um, who was Julia Bennett's character, or she was voiced by Julia Bennett. Mm -hmm. Um, she was okay. Of course, uh, she, I, I feel like she didn't really serve a whole lot of purpose except for just being the pretty blonde girl that, uh, that Kong gets infatuated with. And of course, uh, like we were talking about while we were actually watching the movie, like the whole film, like the first half of the film feels front loaded with, um, um, commander Nelson. Mm -hmm. And then, the last part of the film is nothing but Takarada, nothing but Takarada. So yep. like we don't need, I don't even really think we see Nelson again until the final scene when Kong, uh, um, is able to sink, uh, Dr. Who's vessel. I, I really don't think we see him much at all. Yeah, he's kind in of the in Tokyo the background. Scene. Yeah. 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 In, uh, once they, once, um, King Kong heads to Tokyo and Mechanic Kong heads that direction too. You, you, uh, yeah, Nelson kind of takes a back seat mm -hmm. to Takarada. Takarada gets the big action scene and he gets to save uh, the damsel in distress and everything. It's like, it, yeah, which I'm not saying is a bad thing because I love Takarada. <laughs> and I think it's just, it shows that this is a co production between a Japanese company and an American company, because you have to give attention to the American, uh, the American actor, but then, you know, you also want to give plenty of attention and, and action scenes to the Japanese actor. Um, so yeah, but I, I, I do like their characters. Their characters both seem very fleshed out. Um, they have a backstory. Nelson has been researching King Kong up to this point, and, even knows who Doctor Who is and has this like backstory mm -hmm. uh, with Doctor Who. So yeah, there's there is very interesting characters there. But I completely agree with um, with you about Linda Joe Miller uh, as Susan. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, that she was just there because you needed a blonde, right? And she didn't serve any other purpose she did nothing in any scene but just stand there and and be blonde yeah i don't think um if i remember the backstory on her and I, let me let me preface this by saying i am not in any way de diminishing her as an actress i'm not saying oh that right oh definitely no we're just sell it we're just saying that she is she just the way she is written into the plot she feels like filler to us mm -hmm. uh, from our perspective and Really, if I remember correctly, her backstory is 
she was just a model, if I'm not mistaken, that kind of that kind of got pulled into this film. Uh, but mm. she was not an actual actress. And whereas, whereas Julia Bennett, who voices over her, which is it's, it's really funny because she's an American that's but she had to be dubbed by an American actress, like an actual actress, because she wasn't an actress. She was just a model. If I remember, right. if I'm getting my facts correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's really interesting that they went with that. And yeah, I just. Of the only there's only two female characters in this entire movie. And mm -hmm. of the two female characters, she was the most forgettable. Yeah. She didn't do anything. She was the just there because King Kong needed a blonde. And I love the scene where King Kong is in his cave and uh Susan, the character Susan, is in trouble and he just wakes up and immediately goes towards her. And it's like my my blonde senses are tingling. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, better watch you better watch it travis that may be taken out of context uh, but, but yeah. anyway but anyway no out of the two female characters we actually got in this film madam piranha or mm -hmm. madam x rather uh, is the most compelling and i think that she probably has one of the most important if not the most important character arc of the entire film oh yeah Oh yeah, definitely. She was fantastic. I love Madame Piranha just as much as I love Doctor Who. Yeah. It was she was so good. And like you said, she, she had an actual arc because mm -hmm. she went from, you know, she actually changed over the course of the movie. Uh, you know, starting out, you know, using Doctor Who and his technology to further her ambiguous countries. Um, uh ends but then finding out that no doctor who's actually insane and he's just out to get kong and it's not gonna end well and she even says that you know uh i want to to better my country and this is just not the way to do it and so yeah. she just completely changes and it's not a, it's not like a uh a sudden switcheroo it, it like you see her developing over the course of the movie right Right. So and she I, comes in, she already comes into the, into the movie with this veil, sort of this veil of, of mystery, because when we first see her, she's got this scarf on and she's got her big black sunglasses on and mm -hmm. her hat. And she's sort of this, um, mysterious madam type character. And mm -hmm. we don't know why she's there. We don't know what her intentions are. And then we, we listen or we read and, or we read the dialogue and we find out that she's working on behalf of another country to have King, to have McKinney Kong built to mine this special uh, element, uh, element X. And it's never indicated fully what country she's working for. Uh, there are some very clear indications, of course, and this is mainly in the Japanese version that she may be working for North Korea, but that is not 100% confirmed. Uh, I think there's maybe references to in the film that she could be working for the Russian government, but it's never directly said that I right. know of. Yeah, no, it's never directly referenced. I One of the things I love about her character and what she brings to this movie is this James Bond feel. Oh, yes. Yeah, like I know. I, I, I am the bigger James Bond fan than you. Right. I know that. I've seen all the Bond films. 
And I appreciate some, like some of the, like I've seen the good ones, the bad ones and the terrible ones. And I appreciate them all for what they are and what they tried to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, similar to some of these, some similar to a lot of tokusatsu films, the good, the bad and the ugly or the good, the bad and the ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge James Bond fan. And I love the fact that this film made me feel like I was not only watching a monster movie, but I was also watching a pseudo Bond film as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and a lot of that does come from Madame Piranha. She has this very James Bond. She's kind of a combination James Bond villain plus the Bond girl, which is appropriate since the actress also played a Bond girl. Yep. In uh, you only you only live twice. Was that it? Yes, you only yeah. live. Tw- I believe so. You only live twice, and I don't remember what year that came out in. Uh, uh, the same year that this movie came out. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, uh, they they well, both came out well, the same go. time. So she was both in a King Kong film and a James Bond film the same year. The two, which ironically, well, eh, not 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 ironically, I was gonna that was gonna be incorrect. I was gonna say the two longest running franchises in film history, but that's actually Godzilla and James Bond, not uh, King Kong and James Bond. But I guess you could rope it in here too, since this is Toho and Toho is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's a stretch. I'll take that back. I'm sorry, listener. I'll take that back. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely, she plays in two films starring iconic characters. Right. You know, you've got there King go. Kong and James better. Bond, two of the most iconic and memorable film characters in history, and she was in both of those films. So, uh, so yeah, so you definitely get that James Bond feel, and and I, I really, I don't want to spoil this film because I do hope that some people will go and watch it, um, listening to our review. Mm-hmm. But what happens with her character at the very end? I was kind of not happy with. I didn't like what happened. I, I wanted I wanted something different to happen. Yeah, I wanted her I wanted her to complete her arc mm-hmm. in a different way. And yeah. that's all I'm gonna say because I'm if you're you know, when you're listening to the whoever's listening to this podcast, hear me now. Once you listen to this podcast, once you listen to our commentary and our thoughts on the film go and find this movie and watch it for yourself because it is a lot of fun. It is really ridiculous. But I think that if you're already invested in this genre, you're going to love it. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm usually not, I usually don't care so much about spoiling a film um, mm-hmm. because most of these films are from way on back anyway. So it's like, right. if you, you had, had, had your time, time. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. exactly. But this film is a lot of fun and I do think it flies under the radar for people who are not deep into Kaiju, uh, into the Kaiju like movie and genre. Um, so I do want people to go and watch this cause I think it, it is a lot of fun. It definitely has that sixties cheesiness and you do have to get past the King Kong suit. You do. And Travis, if I'm allowed to right now, I'm going to go ahead and throw out a spoiler. Mm-hmm, go ahead. And, I, and this is going to rock some people in the community's world, I'm sure. But in 1962, King Kong won that fight. <laughs> in in King Kong versus Godzilla. In King Kong versus Godzilla. King Kong won that fight. I'm sorry, I just spoiled that thirty some odd or that forty uh, some odd year movie for you. <laughs> 
<laughs> now, I mean, the thing is, this Kong kind of looks like he got messed up the last time he fought Godzilla, though, because his face is all weird and everything. I don't know. I really don't know, because I like I was telling you when like I was telling you while we were watching the movie, I kind of wish they would have used this head sculpt on the 62 body, which come to find out they kind of did in uh, Goro Goro in Ultra Q. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I think uh, Chris, we were watching this with Chris from the Gargantu cast, and he pointed that out. Um, that they, I think he, they used this head sculpt on top of Goro in Ultra Q, which I have to go back and watch it to confirm that. But I, I trust Chris, so yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, the, 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 the sculpt for this one, I, I love you, Subaraya. I love everything that, that you guys put out, but... God, you guys have so much trouble producing a decent Kong gorilla suit. Uh, I mean, I don't understand yeah. what's going on over there. Yeah, that uh, Superaya can do a lot of things. They cannot make a King Kong. No. <laughs> oh man, I feel but like they have a lot of trouble with furry, like hairy animals in general. Though I, I mm. think. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to hear any argument from me. I I don't like King Caesar, so. (laughs) No, that's fair. You're wrong, but that's fair. (laughs) Oh, man. So, um, well, we touched on our likes. We touched on our dislikes. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we move on into our what is what is called the fun facts segment? But it's not going to be fun facts. (laughs) (laughs) I will make this really, I will really make this, I'll make this short and sweet. At least try, I'll try to, because I really want to get onto this next segment. This okay. next segment. <laughs> um, but yes, like I said, uh, this movie's a lot of fun. If you like, if you're already, if you already like the King Kong mythos, if you like everything about that, you know, the, the pretty blonde girl, the, the dinosaurs, the adventure, you're going to like this film. And what's even better is if you're already invested in like sort of the tokusatsu, uh, Toho, um, their style of, of movie making, Subaraya and, and some others. Um, you're really going to like this film, and it's a lot of fun. Mechanic Kong is ridiculous, but again, it's a it's a ridiculously fun character. Uh, Doctor Who, ridiculously fun villain. Madame Piranha, same. Um, yeah, it's just a lot of fun, and I think that if you haven't seen this yet, you need to go find it. I don't believe it's on Amazon Prime anymore. It used to be, but it, I, I think it's long since been taken off. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can still find it on archive.org. Um, and you can, I think you can find it on YouTube. And But I also, but I recommend actually you just going and buying the movie so you can watch it anytime you want. I think you can still find it on Amazon Prime, the Blu-ray for like, I think 12, nine or $12. It's not very expensive at all. Uh, so yeah, if you've not seen this movie, go find it somewhere, sit down and watch it. If you have kids, it's a great movie you can watch with kids. There's really, it's, it's, it's mild violence. There's no cursing. There's no, uh, there's no sexual innuendos. Uh, but it's just a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I just go watch it. Just go find it. Watch it. King Kong escapes. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, do you want that to be your final, your final thoughts on the movie? Uh, it's pretty much sums it up. I, I love this movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, well, I'll do my final thoughts then. Um, uh, I wrote it down because, I, like I said, I've been writing down my um, final thoughts so that they can be more concise. But um, this is what I said. I said, I'm not a King Kong fan. Everybody who listens to this already knows that. 
Uh, I'm team right. Goji all the way. <laughs> Absolutely. Hashtag um, Godzilla wins 2020. Right. <laughs> but I enjoy this film. The combination of cheesy sci-fi, over-the-top villains, and elements of James Bond make it a unique film in the Toho Library. You really, if you go, if you go and you watch all of the Toho's monster movies, you're not going to find anything like this. This is this stands out as something different, and that alone makes it worth watching. Mm-hmm. I 100% agree. Yeah. So let's go ahead and do our uh, Godzuki scores. So that, uh, before we get into anything else, um, so anybody who's a new listener, we uh, like to embrace the silly side of kaiju of the kaiju genre by using Godzuki as our uh, yardstick to measure movies. Godzuki being King Kong's bumbling nephew from the 1970s uh, Hanna Barbera Godzilla TV show. So. Out of five Godzukis, what would you score this, Michael? I'm gonna go ahead and can I'm gonna go ahead and score it. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and give it a three out of five because it does have its issues. Like I said, it is on the cheesier side. It's not gonna make you really stop and think about anything, but it is a lot of fun. So just for that reason, I'm gonna go ahead and just give it a three out of five. Okay. Oh, wow. I'm actually scoring something higher than you because I scored a 3.5. Oh, okay. Because I I enjoy – there's more things I like in it than I dislike. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of want it to be – I know it's kind of – it's still got its problems. It's it's of its era. Of course, the main female character, not Madame Piranha, but but, uh, Susan, was terribly done. Because it was the 1960s, and that's just the way things were. Um, but I still, there's more. Like I said, there's more that I enjoy than I than I didn't enjoy of the movie. So I wanted to give it a 3.5. Okay, I mean that's fair. That's absolutely fair. And I'm surprised you actually rated it higher than me, even though I feel like I love this movie a lot more than you. But you love Mechanic Kong, so Mechanic Kong instantly gets you that half percent. I do. I yep yep mechan well it's a combination it's a combination of Mechanicong and Akira Takarada because any movie with Akira Takarada in it automatically gets an extra point yeah that me. makes a lot of sense and that you know we're not the only ones honestly we're not the 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 only ones in the community that actually like this film uh to quote a good friend of ours Nathan of the Monster Island Film Vault uh, his take on it was it's silly, savage, and supremely entertaining. Doctor Who, no, not the Time Lord, is delightfully evil, especially when dubbed by Paul Fries. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and then Jimmy, uh, um, Nathan's Jimmy. <laughs> Nathan's uh, producer, uh, chimed in and said, "I love Robot Kong." Uh, he says, "I managed to salvage the metal." ape and i'm fixing him in my garage right now so yeah, i really Jimmy, hope that he's able to make him fly though i feel like mechanic kong would have benefited from the ability to have rock to have jet propulsion some way right exactly yeah so yeah so that moves us into fun facts quote unquote eh, i don't know <laughs> can we really call this section fun facts this week okay so i mentioned at the top of the show that my best friend in the world, Kershaw, sent me what he wrote down as as the Mechanicong rap uh, that he did to the to the tune of the DK rap. 
from the uh, Donkey Kong nineteen uh, Donkey Kong sixty four game. Mm-hmm. Um, now Kershaw, if you're listening, I did add some lyrics to it and I did change some things around to make it fit more with the movie. But I'm going to now attempt to do the whitest rap you have ever heard, and I'm going to rap this uh, Mechanicong rap to and to the beat of uh, the DK rap. <laughs> All right. Oh Lord, here we go. <laughs> we ready? Everybody prepared for this? I'm not there's, ready, but we're gonna do this anyway. There's, so there's no taking it. There's no taking it back. Once it's out there, it's out there. <laughs> So, okay. So, he's finally here, a metal kaiju. If you know these words, you can join in too. Put your hands together if you want to clap as we try to sing this McKenna rap. MK McKenna Kong. He's the giant ape machine. You know him well. He's finally here to kick Kong tail. His laser eye beams can fire in spurts. If he shoots ya, it really hurts. He's bigger, faster, and stronger too. He was built by Doctor Who. M.K. Mechanicong. M.K. Mechanicong is here. This Kong's got power, so drop the attitude. He can hypnotize to suit his mood. He's a cold robot with powers, you see. He can jump through the air and throw a tree. If you fight him, you have chosen wrong. With a rock and his strength, he'll beat King Kong. (laughs) M.K. Mechanic Kong. M.K. Mechanic Kong is here. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you very much. Let me much. just go ahead and say, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and cringe for the future listeners that are going to have to listen. To <laughs> uh, oh, goodness. Uh, you can send my Grammy award to. Um, anyway, yeah, that was so much fun, though. I had to do that. And you know what? I cannot wait for Alex from the. Uh, Monsters vs. Men podcast oh. to hear that because he did a rap on his own podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember that. And God, I cannot remember what the episode was where they did that. It um, was oh, what was it? It was it should have been yeah, actually, oh, no, man. yeah, it would have been the hey, say, yeah, it would have been Destroya. That's it. That's the one it would have been. Destroya. Um, mm-hmm. because, uh, or the Heisei Hoedown, because it was for the 98 Godzilla that was coming up. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was one of my favorite episodes. Shout out to the guys from Monsters vs. Men, Eric and Alex. We love you. We love your show. Give them a mm-hmm, listen. Definitely. Um, so now, going into the mailbag, quickly putting all of that behind us <laughs> very quickly. Um, we have a question from O'Reilly Carroll. And I want to remind everybody, if you want to reach out to us, you can do it at Kaiju weekly on Twitter, Kaiju weekly at gmail.com, or you can just reach out to us through the Kaiju groupie Facebook group, because we are both in there all the time, all the time, 24 so, seven. 
Yep. So O'Reilly Carroll from the Kaiju Groupie uh, Facebook group said, who is your favorite Kong foe? We know O'Reilly is a huge King Kong fan, uh, probably more than Godzilla. Uh, and so he asked, who is your favorite King Kong foe? Mm. Do you want to start, Michael? Yeah, I'll start. Um, well, you know what? I'm going to have to go with my man, Big Goji. As as my favorite King Kong foe. Now I know they've only I know they've only fought once, so they're not. I wouldn't necessarily call it a rivalry, but there's enough people divided in the fandom to where you could probably consider it a rivalry uh, because they are two of the biggest icons in monster movies. Um, you know, if I had to pick an all, if I had to pick an alternate, uh, let's say. V-Rex from the 2005 uh, Peter Jackson's Kong. I, mm -hmm. I enjoyed those. Yeah. Oh, let's go with that. Godzilla or first Godzilla and now the V-Rex uh, from the 2005 film. The 2005 film. Yeah. That's two really good ones. Um, my favorite King Kong foe, probably Gravity. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's always falling off of things. Oh, you went there. I was afraid you told you told me early on you were going to go there, but now I didn't think you would. Now you did, and he, I'm ashamed. It's the greatest enemy of us all. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Was it, uh, the planes didn't kill Kong? Twas gravity that killed the beast. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> We're sorry, O'Reilly. We we know you love King Kong, and King Kong's really his favorite. Like O'Reilly is a O'Reilly is a good dude, and King Kong yeah. is his favorite character. So yeah, um, I'm sorry. He doesn't listen to podcasts, so I don't. Really oh care. yeah, he doesn't. We can, we can pretty much say whatever we want. King right, Kong exactly. sucks. <laughs> we might get some other people mad at us. Oh wait, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We'll edit that part out, maybe. Oh, oh man. Oh, oh man. That was just a little bit I mean, fun. yeah. Other than, I mean, jokes aside, I do like the skull crawlers. I didn't think yeah, I would I like them when I, when I first saw them in, like, the trailers. I didn't think I would like them. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, they, they really grew on me after watching the movie and everything. Maybe you would get, maybe Queen Kong is Kong's greatest enemy because anyone out there who's married knows that sometimes <laughs> ooh, the wife, ooh, sometimes the wife can, can yeah. Sometimes okay, the wife I, can get there. Mute button. Where's the mute button? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm getting, I'm getting over my skis this time. I need to, I need to, call, I need to dial it back. Don't I? <laughs> it's okay. Oh man. So I, I say it as a joke. I'm happily married. I love my wife. Mutual respect. <laughs> So O'Reilly, we know you're not listening, but uh, we're we're glad you sent sent in that question. We hope we answered your question. I'll make sure he listens to this when it when it gets published. I'll at least tell him to skip ahead so he can hear the answer to our question. Yeah, I keep telling him like we talk about King Kong on a lot of episodes. Why don't you listen? He's like, I just don't like podcasts. Like, ugh. <laughs> to each their own. To each their own. Yeah. Yeah. True. Uh, so is there anything else we need to discuss in this episode before we, uh, close it out and close the book on King well, Kong escapes? Well, as far as King Kong escapes goes, I think we've covered pretty much everything that we can possibly cover. 
without diving super deep into like the politics or anything like that that was going on. But yeah, I, I think before we go though, Travis, we really probably need to maybe touch on a little event that may be coming up in a few weeks. Uh, oh yeah, we're yeah. well. I'm. We're not going to make an official announcement, so this is not an official announcement. Okay, but we do want to let everyone know that if you joined us on the Kaiju Quarantine event that we did it back at the beginning of April, uh, that we are doing a second one coming up soon. So keep an eye out for that, and we are looking forward to it. The theme for this next kaiju quarantine event which is a if anybody's not aware it's a movie marathon we all watch along and watch uh movies and you'll hear commentary from not only us but a lot of great podcasts we have monster island film vault we have giant monster bs we have uh monsters versus men tokyo lives gargantu cast we um who am i forgetting? oh elijah kaiju conversation um there, there's so many great uh, podcasters that are taking part in it. And so it's a lot of fun. So that's what that event is. But the theme for this next one is Trash Mountain. And I am, let's just say, I am delightfully terrified. <laughs> we are all scared because <laughs> it is going to be, a, it's going to be fun. But if anybody was listening or what had joined us in the last Kaiju quarantine, um, the that final one, by the time we got to the last movie, which was Final Wars, it got pretty crazy and Michael passed out. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I passed out because I just couldn't handle the glory of Final Wars. <laughs> so, oh man. Okay, this is not podcast related, but sure. somebody shared this on Twitter and I love it so much, but somebody shared it's the, you know, it's uh, um, other people uh, who ask me, what's my favorite, uh, who's my favorite kaiju? And what I say to them is, and then they put a clip of, uh, what is it, um, Controller X from uh -huh. Final War saying, Geiger! <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> oh, it is, that is a great, great gif. I love it. I, I love, love that character so much. As much as I despise Leather Daddy Gigan, <laughs> I, 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 for anybody who's new to the genre, please go watch Final Wars. But watch all the good ones first, then go watch Final Wars. <laughs> well, I don't know if you if you ask Alex from the Monster vs. Men podcast, uh, it, it, it's probably the best Godzilla film ever made. Well, you know. <laughs> Even Alex is entitled to be wrong on occasion. So. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I always say they they absolutely did not like uh, Godzilla versus Mothra. And I love that movie. So <laughs> they're they're just wrong. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So before we get too crazy and off the wall here, uh, let's go <laughs> ahead and just thank everyone for listening and putting up with us each week. We love you guys. And we're so happy to have the listeners that we have. 
Um, if you want to reach out to us and follow us on social media, you can do that at Kaiju Weekly on Twitter and Kaiju Weekly Pod on Instagram. You can also send questions, comments, or answers to our trivia questions to our email, kaijuweekly at gmail.com. You can also find us at the Kaiju Groupie Facebook group. It's a fun Facebook group full of great Kaiju fans who don't get involved in any of the drama and stuff that... Oh, we got involved unintentionally in, but uh, that's all I'm going to say. Um, we dare not on, speak its name we on Twitter. Its name. <laughs> but but our Facebook group is still drama free. <laughs> um, and uh, at, I'll also follow at Kaiju Groupie 54 and the Kaiju Groupie on Twitter and Instagram. That's you, Michael. That is. And then we also want to say a big thank you to Brian, Shijir, and Thorax for supporting us on Patreon. You can also support the podcast on Patreon at patreon.com slash kaijuweeklypod. And so the only thing left to do is to share next week's trivia question. So the trivia question hinting to our episode next week is what Japanese TV show inspired by an American superhero helped popularize giant robots in tokusatsu? So that is a, that's an interesting one. There's a lot of layers. my answer to myself. That's a lot of layers there. And we're going to have a special guest next week. So that's going to join us to talk about uh, that. Right. It's going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, to close out this episode, I'm going to say help control the giant ape population. Have your Kongs spayed or neutered. Bye, guys. Thank you so much. <laughs>